Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory, fabulous pre owned inventory, wide selection. Fabulous sales staff that will work with you. Service department that backs it up. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Play-by-play call of the day. Big Country's kid misses and then recovers. Reeves will drive it here. And throw it down, but it hits the back of the rim. And caroms all the way out to midcourt. Saved by Manic as Reeves had a lane to the basket and couldn't finish the dunk. Reeves this time doesn't miss the dunk. His dad, by the way, Big Country was the first what the first over first ever draft pick by the Vancouver Grizzlies, who are now the Memphis Grizzlies. Otherwise known as, and this is how the suit, by the way, got into his fraternity in college. Reeves is a legacy. All right, so uh, a couple things I just learned there. So yeah, the legacy. In fact, that you know what his, his nickname is in the staff meeting? Oh no, Flounder. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> And now we get to the football guru himself, and that, of course, is Neil Kulong. Welcome, sir. I'll bring in the the uh, guru of football, uh, Neil Kulong. As always, it's great to be here, and I, I don't get an intro better than that anywhere else on the planet. It, Not even in my own house. I mean, look, it's, uh, I mean, it's getting to the point where I think we should get you walk-up music. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great. You know what? I'm even going to ask people what mine should be. I think we'll we put should put that out. We should put that out there. What do you think Neil Kulong's walk-up music should be? I'm doing it right now. There you go. There you go. Be, uh, all right. I will litter you with the one or two responses that I might get to this. Okay. See what they say. Slip them in as we go through this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a great idea! It is. You deserve walk-up music. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I've always wanted walk-up music. You know, it's uh, uh, we've had a couple of other hosts here along the time where, uh, unfortunately, their walk-up music was taps, but that's a different story. Uh, so <laughs> it's all right. Okay, we know where they are now. Yes, uh, let's get to uh, obviously the, the cap situation we've talked about with Ben many, many times. Are they making any progress on opening the door on that thing? Um, all of that stuff is always very kind of behind closed doors for sure. that reason. Um, I just know this. The, the deadline of his roster bonus, which is $15 million of the $19 million he is scheduled to make in salary, that comes due or at least um, yeah. converts to guaranteed payments in whatever increment they decided on uh, March 15th. So that said, there's 
plenty of time um, for them to do that. I would imagine, and this is really just kind of connect the dots, um, they had the conversation. The Steelers gave them kind of a, a ballpark idea of what they wanted and left it up to Ben to, to make a decision on whether or not he's okay with that. The Steelers are basically saying, look, take it or leave it. You know, we, we might have some flexibility, but this is generally what we're going to need you to play at. Um, if you don't accept that by this time, we're going to release you. So <clears throat> the decision is yours. Um, do with it what you will. I know it was Ben's birthday yesterday. Maybe he's in some tropical area that's not 30 degrees right now, um, <laughs> living his best life, uh, trying to figure out what he wants to do. I, I would imagine. He wasn't in Aliquippa. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it certainly was not. No. Um, it, he, he has, I, I, this is usually the case with most players. He, he's earned the right to, to kind of take his time. They don't even have a salary cap number for this season, so it's not as if this is a dying, pressing concern at this moment. Um, they're going to give him the respect and the time to kind of weigh what he wants to do. Um, fans get antsy, and I understand that, but it, it, it's a situation both sides are in total knowledge of what's going on. Um, it, it, there's nothing abnormal that, that's going to happen with it, but as uh, Kevin Colbert has said, as Art Rooney has said, it's not a sure thing. They are prepared to move on if they have to move on. The, the choice really is Ben's, and he's taking his time to, uh, you know, make whatever decision is best for him and his family. And and you know, at the very least, I think they owe him that. Um, that said, I I have a tough time seeing him walking away. But if he does, mm-hmm. I think he's going to retire. I, I don't think he would play mm-hmm. uh, for another team. I don't know how great that market is going to be for him this season right. if he were to try that. So I, I really think this is kind of a, a play at something of a, of a reduced structured salary uh, for this season or he's going to hang them up. Alright, so let me go through the undrafted free agent list and you give me a yes or no as to whether they should try to re-sign them. Alright, uh, here's the list. Uh, Bud Dupree. Um, no, because I don't think they can afford anywhere near right. what he's probably going to get on the open market. Alejandro Villanueva. I say no oddly because I, I think he would also probably get offered a little bit more uh, than what I think they should pay. They, it, it would not surprise me if they made him an offer, but I don't know how much money you really want to pay him. I, I was not impressed with him last season. Uh, I think he broke down a bit. Um, left tackles make a lot, though. Yes, they, they, they got him on he, they got him on a, a, a pretty extraordinarily low deal mm-hmm. uh, for a veteran who played fairly well up until this past season. Um He'd have to take a pay cut, and I think he could probably get a raise just considering what the market is like now. Uh, I would say no. Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm. Um, same thing as Bud. I, I think he's a good player, um, and, and somebody's going to pay him like that a lot more than the Steelers will. I, in fact, I might even argue, and I said this last year, uh, I, I thought the tag would be more uh, in line for Juju this season right. than an extension. I just I don't think they want to commit long-term to a, a position they draft very well. Yep. Um, Chase Claypool looks like the real deal. I was wrong about that. I really like Juju as a player. I think they do as well. I think he's a, a leader. Um, he's a solid player. And that, that guy is going to get $16, $17 million uh, a, a year in free agency. And I don't think the Steelers uh, – I don't think they can pay that this year, and I don't think long-term that that's the best financial decision for them to make considering how many good receivers – uh, they put into the NFL to come through their program. I mean, they're they're a, a, a feeding ground for it. So for me, um, I I would say no, but I think he's somebody they're going to miss. They, they'd like to keep, but uh, he he earned the payday he's going to get. James Conner. Um, running backs are tough. I, I yeah. the idea of them drafting yet another 
Jalen Samuels clone is is fourth or fifth round isn't all that appealing to me. Right. I don't know how much Connor can get on the open market. I know that he was head and shoulders better than anybody else that they had uh, when he was healthy, which, again, last season I think uh, low-key he was not. They didn't want to, to really publicize that as much. But uh, a very effective player um, over the course of a couple games when he's healthy. Uh, they could probably get him cheap. Uh, he might want to start over somewhere else. Right. Um, I, I'm not sure how valued he felt on this team mm-hmm. last year. I don't think they will. Uh, Matt Filer. Filer, I think they're going to keep. Um, I don't think Filer is going to command much of a market. Uh, he's an experienced uh, utility lineman. I really think they need somebody like that. Um, I don't know whether he starts. I don't know whether he plays outside or inside. I'm not sure what their plan is anywhere on their offensive line right now, but I, I think a guy like Filer it can help bridge the gap of what the line was versus where it's going. It's about to get younger. It's already got two new coaches, uh, at least one um, coach in a new position along with a brand-new coach. Filer is somebody I think that they're going to kind of count on to, to you know be that experienced, versatile guy that they always have. They always have a third tackle who can play inside as well. Uh, I think that's going to be him, and I don't think it's going to cost him all that much to do it. Tyson Alualu. Uh, they really need him, in my opinion. I, I think he's the, the most reasonable uh, free agent that they're able to keep on a, a, a fairly low price tag. I mean, we saw what happened, and obviously Devin Bush going down is a part of this, but we saw what happened to their run defense last season when Alulu went down um, about a third of the way through the year to the midpoint of the year. They went from a, a historically stingy run defense into a, a gaping wound. I mean, Alulu the position that he was in with the firepower that was around him, they asked him to do just a couple of things. He did those at, a, at an extraordinarily high level. Um, I don't think he got back right for the rest of the season. But when he was healthy, when he was effective, he was a good player. Um, they would really like to have that continuity back. And probably more than anything, this is just me. I haven't heard this from anybody. You, you could not have been impressed with what they had uh, in his absence. Right. I don't think Isaiah Bugs played very well. Um, I'm not sure how happy they are with him. I wouldn't be surprised if they go shopping for another interior guy and give Alulu kind of a, a, a two-year deal with basically the, the, the second year of that being voidable. It uh, wouldn't surprise me if that's what they do, but I, I think they want to bring him back, and I'm not sure how many teams are really going to be knocking down his door considering his age and, and the, the role that he's been playing. Um, I, they're going to try to bring him back for sure. I, I don't know how much money they have to spend on him, but he's a guy that they want to bring back. Some answers are easy. Avery Williamson. Um, I, I don't think they ever brought him back with the idea. Right. I don't think they traded for him with the idea right. of keeping him. Um, no. But I don't know. Does, does Could you make a deal with him that makes Vince Williams expendable? Right. I, I think sure. that's a question uh, that they're going to have to answer. Um, for me, I would say no. But right. um, if it's cost-effective this year, they're going to do it. Zach Banner. Um, I I have heard Banner has come out and said that um, they're going to bring him back and, and Tom would expect him to start. So uh, I would say yes. I don't think you can give him more than a year uh, considering he just he played a dozen snaps and tore his ACL. I'm not sure uh, how that necessarily earns him another year, but right. you can't give him a multi-year deal. So they're, they're kicking the can down the road a little bit as far as their, their tackle depth goes, but they're going to need it this year yeah. um, if they like his progress, and obviously they've been monitoring it. So they already made the investment, in my opinion. Uh, medically, he's been using their facilities. He's been rehabbing mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Uh, may as well bring him into to training camp at the very least. So I, I could see a one-year deal for him. Mike Hilton? Oh, boy, that one's tough. Um 
here's the weird thing. They, they have two cornerbacks right now hitting free agency in the middle of March and two more on the last years of their deal. They're going to have to do something. Um, they're, they're a year away from not having any cornerbacks on their roster at all. So right. it, it, I don't know if Hilton is the guy that they're going to keep because I think Hilton, if you look at him more than anything, um, Hilton has been paid, relatively speaking, peanuts in comparison to mm-hmm. NFL cornerbacks who have done what he's done. He wants paid. <laughs> I mean, really, he's going to take anywhere that's going to give him a signing bonus with a, a, a large chunk of it up front simply because he hasn't been paid. Uh, he's played at a, you know pretty close to a Pro Bowl level. I think he's a great player. He's versatile. Um, I, I don't necessarily think he's scheme-specific. Uh, he's probably slot-specific, but he's good at what he does, and that the market for that is open. I think he can get $9 million a year, $10 million even, um, if, if you get the right location. Um, I don't think they're able to bring it back. I think they'd really like right. to because uh, he's a good player, but uh, they need that comp pick next year, and, and uh, I see Hilton's going to be the extremely rare Steelers cornerback who leaves and goes and, and, uh, and gets you know probably a top-10 positional contract. Which then leads us to Cam Sutton. Sutton, I think, is the one they will want to bring yes. back. They've invested in Sutton. Um, he's younger, and he, I think they kind of kept him under wraps enough that he probably doesn't have enough film to, to get a good right. contract in free agency. The Steelers, though, in my opinion, there are moves that they're going to make with uh, Joe Hayden's and Steven Nelson's contract. Yeah. Uh, extension for one, maybe cut the other, and Sutton is going to get probably the difference. Six, seven million a year yeah. over, you know, maybe three years, maybe mm-hmm. four. Uh, they'll they'll retain Sutton, and those will be their three guys, uh, unless they do cut either Nelson or uh, most likely Hayden. Um, I don't necessarily think they need to do that, but they might just to, to save some money. Uh, and they're definitely going to draft another cornerback. I'm not sure how, how much they like Justin Lane. Uh, we've right. seen that over the last two years. So uh, Hilton, though, Hilton's not going to be in their plans. Uh, and very much like Juju and and Dupree, I, I think they've uh, he's he's earned his money probably more than anybody has. All right, so uh, let's see. Uh, now now we're going to get to the Filene's basement here. Uh, Chris Wormley, <laughs> Chris Wormley, defensive lineman. Yeah, they, they gave up a lot for Wormley. Yeah, no. um, he's depth. I, I it's weird. We'll get into this another time. Remind me another time to to talk about the Steelers' philosophy with their fifth round draft pick. They they seem to almost despise having fifth round draft picks they give them up for nothing sure uh if that's all if, if that's all they if they were willing to give up a fifth round pick for Wormley for a year it's five minutes they, really they don't, don't want to it's five minutes they don't want to waste on a saturday yeah honestly <laughs> I, I it's bizarre if you look at the moves they've made with their fifth round picks yeah. and that, that's what they got Wormley for and yeah. um I, I think they like him i think he played all right um I, I think they'd like to keep him, but they're going to have to see a, a lot of other things first. He's not going to be a, a mid-March signing, that's for sure. Josh Dobbs? Uh, no, they won't bring yeah. Dobbs back. Yeah. I don't, I don't no. think. I don't think. I, I think you've got a, a very nice situation with Dwayne Haskins. Yes. Uh, regardless of, of whatever happened with him in Washington. Yeah. Uh, you've got a young kid on a dirt cheap contract with starting experience, and that does not come around often. Uh, Kevin Colbert loves guys like that. Uh, they've got a project I think they're going to work with. Yeah. Uh, Haskins will probably be their, their third-string quarterback this season. Uh, and potentially, who knows, he, he could be in line for a starting job in uh, in 22. That makes Dobbs expendable. Yeah, Jordan Berry. I mean, uh, the punters are a dime a dozen in those league. 
Yeah, I, I don't know what Jordan Berry needs to do to get off the team, but uh, he's he's still there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no uh, idea. Um, not a year they can draft one, though. I'll say that. In this group, J. Ron Elliott, Cassius Marsh, Jordan Dangerfield, Gerald Hawkins, Danny Isidore, and Sean Davis. Anybody survive? Um, maybe Hawkins. Maybe. Just yeah. because their, their tackle depth is, is nothing. They don't have anything. Um, it's wide open. Uh, we, we just wrote Zach Banner in as, as the, a, a starting left or right tackle after 12 snaps in a torn ACL. That's where they are in terms of their tackles. Yeah. Uh, they brought Hawkins back for a reason. At some point, all the development that uh, two teams have given him might pay off. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they kept him. Um, Dangerfield, I learned a long time ago not to bet against him making a team because he's right. made every team, even though I wrote him off seven times. He's still there. <laughs> um, it, it, you, you like to think, well, not for him, but it, he's a great kid, too. But you, you have to think at some point the law of averages will catch up to him. But um, maybe Dangerfield, just because it, it, se- it seems really tough to get rid of him. Um, Cassius Marsh, I don't know if you watched him play, mm. but uh, no, thanks. I don't, I don't know if he plays in the NFL mm-hmm. again. Uh, he was horrible, mm. really, really bad um, in, in a, uh, a spot emergency position that he had to play for him. Uh, they may as well play with 10 on the field. Uh, he, he's definitely not coming back. And uh, the other ones, I, I think they're uh, you know, kind of the Mike Tomlin, nameless gray faces. Uh, you can find those guys wherever. Um, J. Ron Elliott's a guy I think that they put – some time into. I think they like what they've seen of him, kind of a, a Robert Spillane uh, preseason warrior type of guy. Uh, maybe for depth, inside linebacker is not a great position for him this year. So maybe. Um, it depends on what he's going to cost. I, I'm trying to remember what his contract situation is. If he steps up into that higher tier of pay, though, no way. All right, big picture. Uh, they're going to go 17 games. They're going to kick that in this year. Uh, Super Bowl probably will be February 13th. They're going to have to push that back a week. The TV contracts are going to come out, and they're going to get a boatload of money. Everybody's doubling their contract except for ESPN, ABC, which is going to go up 30% over the year before. But the interesting one is Thursday. Amazon is going to get Thursday Night Football in conjunction with NFL Network. What are your thoughts? I'm trying to remember who said um, it, it, it was a great description of Thursday night's games, um, kind of as the, the prize that nobody wants. Yes. It almost seems like they're, they're trying to market it uh, as an add-on. You know, it, it's like the Olympic triple cast or something. <laughs> you take you know, this and we'll give you everything else. I, I, I had the Olympic triple cast. <laughs> I, it sounds like that was a great experience. I, I heard nothing but good things no, about it. No, no, I only got it as a promotional thing. I wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody else did either, so it worked yeah. out well for you. But it, it's um, I, Thursday, if they want to continue Thursday uh, across the entire league, if they want to have that on an almost entire uh, season-long schedule, uh, it, it, to me it's the right market to test some stuff out. Doing with Amazon, I, I watched on Amazon just to, to get a feel for what it was. Uh, it felt like a regular broadcast to me. Um, the product on the field isn't going to be great. I don't think that they're too worried about that. Um, probably more at the point that, that uh, we're used to it being there. Players are going to complain to whatever degree. Um, some will praise the mini bye week that they get after it. Usually the teams that win <laughs> like right. it a little bit more. Sure. But um, it, it's, it's, they're not going to get rid of it. it it's just kind of like a, a, a tax. Once it gets implemented, they're not going to take it away. They might just call it something else. So um, it, it'll stay. I think the right move is to test out. Uh, new technology and to, to set a precedent for them internally 
uh, to have, you know, kind of a guinea pig to, to test out whatever else they might want to do. I mean, they've done it with uniforms, uh, camera angles, uh, and now, you know, they're, they're really going to dip into streaming. So uh, it, it's smart of them to do. Uh, I'm, I'm neutral on it otherwise. Um, it's another night that I have to stay up late and watch the game, which is uh, good and bad sometimes. <laughs> Sir, it's always a pleasure. Uh, were there any suggestions on the walk-up music? Oh, you know what? Here, let me check. Let's see. I mean, you deserve one. There's no getting around it. Um, oh, wow, this is terrible. The only one that I've got is Happy by Pharrell, which we're not doing. No, you're not going to do that. I'll pro- no, that'll probably cost you guys quite a bit. <laughs> it's got to be one of those 25 cent per play songs. Yeah, probably, yeah. And, and here we're on a budget. <laughs> absolutely not worth 25 cents and nobody wants to listen to that song anymore so we'll, we'll say no to- Neil Kulong we're on a budget we are yes Flounder said so back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WCAM taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Keywords 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have the fabulous Jim Jackson with us from NBC Sports NBC Sports Philly. Jim, welcome back. It's great to hear you. Great to be here. How are you guys? Doing really well. Okay, so let's uh, start with this. It's going to be Flyers and Penguins. It's their week to play each other. What level do you feel like the Flyers are playing at right now? Obviously, I watched the Tahoe game against the Bruins. wasn't pretty, but overall, how have they played? Actually, they've been getting better, I think, slowly but surely as the year's gone along in terms of the process. The results have been good, except for games against Boston. The results have been good all year, but uh, the uh, process itself was pretty ragged early in the year. They were getting outshot by large margins. It started to see a little bit of a turnaround in that before uh, the, they got hit with the, the COVID. And then once the COVID hit, obviously, it was just survival for uh, two or three games where they were without so many key players. But now that they've got everybody back, and tonight they get the Travis Konecki back, so they're basically are completely healthy, uh, have as full a lineup as they've had all year. Uh, you know, the, the play has been better. They're, they're out shooting teams in the last three games. They've averaged almost 40 shots a game. So it seems as though they're playing better. Uh, three against Pittsburgh will be a challenge. But uh, for now, I think most of it's positive, uh, positive feeling around the Flyers. All right. Now, obviously, on the Penguin side of it, no Sidney Crosby tonight because of because No Sidney Crosby. He is on the protocol. We don't know whether that's uh, uh, contact tracing or whether there's a, a positive test uh, it could be false positive. doesn't mean he's not going to be here for the second and third games of this right. stretch. We don't know that yet. Uh, it take, takes a little while. If it was a positive test and he tests positive again, uh, the Penguins may be in trouble. They're going to have, uh, yeah. have to do without uh, Crosby for two weeks plus, and uh, that would be uh, interesting to see. Now, they've, they've been without him. Of course, he's had concussion issues and other injuries in his career. Sure. And it seems as though Evgeny Malkin actually rises to the occasion and plays some of his best hockey uh, when, when Crosby is out. So, Watch seventy-one tonight. He'll be he'll be certainly a, a major factor. Jim, what does this do when they play three straight like this uh, to the the rivalry of it? Because I mean, obviously they've spent a lot of time over the years not even being in the same division. So, what does that do to the rivalry? 
I mean, the rivalry itself is, is going to be there. I, I think uh, in, in the old days when at least you get a home-at-home series, which was the most you'd get, obviously, in a regular schedule. Sure. Uh, it would always be more intense the second game. But I think because every team is basically doing it this year, that uh, you know we're all playing two- and three-game series, it hasn't been quite as what we expected it to, to get more intense each series with, with each game that goes by because there's just so many games in such a short period of time. So at this point, um, I mean, it basically is just uh, you, you look at the game tonight, you look at the game Thursday, you look at the game Saturday, and these are two teams that are among five that are battling for four spots, five very good teams battling for four spots. So they're important hockey games uh, for that reason. Uh, when Crosby's out there, there's, there's a little bit of an edge to it as far as the rivalry. He's not going to be there tonight, but Malkin brings some edge to his game as well. And I'm, I'm sure you'll, there'll be some players, Brandon Tanner likes to run people, There'll be some things to stir it up in the rivalry. We'll, we'll get going, but uh, you know, three in a row. It's, it's you know, they say familiarity breeds contempt. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. How have you felt about Carter Hart? I, I think Carter brought a lot of the attention to himself when he uh, went crazy with his stick after the loss in Boston early in the year. To be honest yes. with you, to that point, uh, outside of that game, he allowed a couple in that game that maybe he should have stopped and probably felt. But to that point, even though his numbers weren't great, it was the team not playing well in front of him. They were giving up tons of quality chances. And he was playing pretty well. The two games against Pittsburgh, is the case in point, games one and two of the season in Philadelphia, uh, Carter gave up some goals, but he's the reason they won the game in a lot of reasons, in a lot of ways, because they, they were outshot, outchanced heavily in those games and still won by a combined score of 11-5. to five. So they A, took advantage of their chances, obviously, but also got some great goaltending. So, uh, but then, you know, sometimes perception becomes reality. You start looking at the numbers. He has a rough outing in Tahoe. Uh, so, I, you know, all eyes are always on the goalie anyhow, especially in Philly, but anywhere, really. And, and uh, so he's got some pressure on him, but I have no doubt he'll handle it. Uh, he's a, a, a well-grounded kid. He basically works and works and works and works. Got shut out on Sunday. We'll see if that uh, is the, the turnaround for him from a result standpoint. But the process for him is always the same. He's always working. Um, he told me after the game that basically what he worked on during the, uh, the time between games, or he went a week between starts, was having more fun. And that's true. Sometimes you just need to have a little more fun and relax. Yeah. And that's been hard to do during this COVID time. I mean, it's been very hard to do. Because, I, I mean, obviously I know with Penn State football, basketball, I mean, they've been, they've been confined in this bubble. It's not been easy for the kids. I'm sure it's not easy for the pros either. Um, There's no doubt uh, for anyone. It's just uh, you know it is. It's one of those things where you are. Uh, uh, life is not normal. Uh, hopefully, we're heading back to it, uh, getting back to it. But there's going to be fans in the arena tonight in Pittsburgh. First time the Flyers have played in front of fans this year, even though they're, they're not friendly fans. But uh, and and he's just hoping that uh, they, they can get this done. All right. Um... You you mentioned that part of it getting getting the fans back. It's also a short season, and you know, and, and I, obviously I can use a baseball reference with you. You know baseball as well as anybody. Those seven inning double headers, boy. You get to the fourth inning and you're looking at the scoreboard, and it's not you know you feel like you're running out of time in the fourth inning. Fifty six game season. Do you start to feel like you're running out of time? Yeah, I mean that is the, that's the, you know it, it sometimes you overthink things, right? It's more about just uh, taking everything a step at a time and, and not worrying about that. But it, you know, this season is all about time with 56 games, and 
now with the, the games that were postponed being made up, it's just a rush. It's, it's uh, 40 games over 73 days, I believe, for the Flyers, uh, starting uh, uh, Saturday's game. So it's a lot of games. Time is uh, it's going to fly by, and you just don't want to get into a, a long losing streak where where you, you tend to think things are slipping away. And uh, they're going to be playing so many games they can't think about being uh, you know separated from people and all that, if that's the case. It's just about playing games and, and winning. Uh, what about legs? What have you seen from legs? Because sometimes you have a COVID layoff. The first game, you've got adrenaline. The next one, it's you and I both know, the next one when the guy comes back from an injury, they struggle through it. How the Flyers been on legs if they, when they've had pauses, stops, starts, things like that? I mean, I haven't noticed the, 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 the longest stretch they had was uh, from uh, when when they had the, the COVID outbreak, they had a, a week off, or a little more, little more than a week, and they came back and uh, they 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 lost the game. They played out of that, but it was a, a, a shootout loss. And then uh, they came back and, and uh, had the tough game out in Tahoe. But then after that, they beat the Rangers. They won two more. I don't know as if I can say there's a characteristic that this team struggles after a, a long uh, break or anything like that. I, I just think that they're. Uh, uh, like all teams, it, it's going to be a schedule this year where it's just not going to be normal. You're going to go a stretch without playing, and then you're going to play a lot. And you just have to deal with it. It's about the line. You do have to deal with it. Jim, absolute pleasure. I know you have to get to your next uh, assignment. We appreciate the fact you gave us a few minutes today very much. No problem, guys. Take care. All right, Jim Jackson joining us from Philadelphia. We'll take a break, wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. The big one tonight in college basketball will be Illinois against Michigan. And uh, that game uh, will be uh, this evening. It will be the matchup. Hunter Dickinson inside, Kofi Coburn. We do not know if Io DeSumo is playing or not. I think you'd have to be at the Illinois shoot-around today to know that. And um, the um, and it should be a terrific game today, but Michigan is playing great basketball. And not only is Michigan playing great basketball, they're playing consistent basketball. Except for the game they played at Minnesota, I don't know, a month ago, five weeks ago, 
Every game they're putting up the same numbers. Every game they're giving up the same numbers. And they're winning one game after another with relative ease. Even the Ohio State game, once they got the lead, Ohio State could not close the gap on them in that game at home. Now, let's face it, home and away doesn't mean as much this year. I mean, the only thing about home and away uh, is that um, the only difference about home and away is that one team has to get on a plane or a bus. I mean, that's the difference. And uh, the... Other than that, it's no big deal. Io, if he is back tonight, he is going to have to. Um, he's going to have to wear a mask whenever he comes back, whether it's tonight or another game. He's going to have to wear a mask. He has a broken nose. That does take an adjustment for any athlete to do that. But should he play tonight? Should he play tonight? Think of all the talent on that floor. And on that floor, Dickinson, I think he has a chance to be an NBA player. Coburn's interesting. He might. He might. He's limited in some things he can do on the NBA level, especially the ability to face up and shoot the ball. Dickinson can do that. Kofi Coburn can't. But, boy, he's a tough handle inside. It's the difference between the college game and the pro game right now. There are definitely differences between the college and the pro game in football. But there's definitely a difference in the college and pro game when it comes to basketball. The big man still has a presence in the college game. And this conference, for example, has a boatload of them. Travion Williams, Edie from Purdue, uh, Zet Luca Garza, Liam Robbins, uh, Nate Reavers. You know, and you go to the guys Dickinson and Coburn tonight. I mean, this this conference has its fair share of big men in it. Miles Johnson of Rutgers. And the... Um, the college game has a place for the big men. I think part of that is the shot clock. Part of that is because it's 30, not 24. It's 10 to get over the timeline instead of the NBA 8. Those extra six seconds make a difference in setting up half-court offense. I think they make a difference in timeouts called by college coaches versus pro coaches. Pro coaches, they come out, they're trying to get a set, they're trying to get a three-point shot. That's the key. In college, you'll settle for that two inside just to break a drought. The And, and that's important. Um So I think that's why you see the differences between college and pro basketball. Pro basketball, look, Isaac Haas played for Purdue. He's 7-2. I don't know how much he weighed. He looked like a building. Uh, seven foot two. I remember looking at Dick, Dick said, Dick Girardi, man, he's big. I said, man, he's the biggest anything I've ever seen. 20 years ago, Isaac Haas would have been a lottery pick in the NBA. He would have been a lottery pick. But the game changed, and he went from lottery pick 20 years ago with that body type to no pick. 
I mean, the big man does not, unless the big man can run the floor, unless the big man uh, can face up and shoot the ball, big man doesn't have a place in the pro game much anymore. You'll see now, Dickinson can face up and shoot. I mean, they can face up and shoot. Dickinson can do that. Coburn can't. And then you got Isaiah Livers. That'll be another one tonight. Take a long look at. Uh, the um, and, and we'll see, again, the key is whether Io plays tonight. Then you've got other games tonight. Wisconsin's at Purdue. Both are safely in. And the other one is, I think this is an elimination game. Indiana at Michigan State. I think the loser's out. Michigan State's played a little better, then got walloped by Maryland. And Indiana hasn't played well since they said they weren't that good. (laughs) Thought I'd throw that in there. And then just getting underway in a couple minutes, Baylor-West Virginia. That suddenly has become a huge game in the Big 12. Yeah, that's a bit. You know, look, Baylor just needs to get back and play. Again, what what was my um, – and that's a getting out of the way top of the hour. Baylor, my issue with them was not that I think they're – that Kansas is more talented. Kansas is not. Baylor's had a problem playing games. They've had so many, they've been so in and out because of COVID. They've played 19 games. They've played four fewer games than West Virginia has at this point. And I thought that was the biggest problem I thought they had against Kansas was the layoff. And I, you know, that's, that's something that uh, it's kind of hard to account for that, Matt. I mean, it's it's something that I've gotten used to. How about that? I've gotten used to uh, the fact that you have uh, layoffs now in uh, in college basketball, and how do you bounce back from it? And I think that's one of the many reasons why this March Madness is going to be very unpredictable is because there's some teams that you just don't have a 100% read on because of that, of where they are at this point. Like for Baylor well, I, tonight, I I, I, I... I think you'll have I think you'll have some because you would have gone through conference tournaments to get there, and you would have had to test negative true. every day to play in a conference yeah, tournament. Yeah, that's true. So I think that's a little different. Now, the question's going to be, if you've been off for a while and suddenly you've got to play three games in three days, the top teams would have to play three games in three days. How do you handle it? How do you handle that? You know, how much? How much is in the tank uh, when you get to tournament time? Because if you're not playing all the time, uh, you, it's not that you don't get out of basketball shape. But you know, I was talking about Penn State yesterday, and Penn State ended up playing four games in eight days. All right, you know, not easy. And they were out there playing against the team. That they were playing against the team that had not played in a week. Welcome to the world of COVID. 
because Penn State made up that game at Nebraska. That was the extra game that was thrown in the schedule. Again, the Big Ten has been brilliant at doing this, and I I applaud everything the Big Ten's done with all with all the scheduling they've had to make and so forth. I think it's been great, but it doesn't mean it doesn't come with a consequence because you have to make up games. All right, that's just the way it is, and Penn State ran into that the other day. They ran into that the other day, and um. It's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault at all. Baylor went to Kansas after coming off COVID. Not their fault. Uh, there's so many parts of this that you look at and say, hey, you know, it's just a circumstance, and it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault that the schedule is the way it is. And then to your point about Baylor, the only th- I think they will bounce back tonight, but I do fear that if they lose this game tonight, because you know it's always going to be physical with West Virginia, plus you're on the road coming off that tough one to Kansas. If you lose, the, if you were to lose this game tonight, I wonder a little bit, a little bit about confidence with them. Ah, boy, you know, I obviously I'm not around Baylor. I mean, I've only watched them. Whenever I watch them, they look pretty confident to me. I, mean, <laughs> I don't see any issue with it. With their confidence, um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Uh, so I understand what you're saying. Now West Virginia getting get into you. Now West Virginia is not quite the defensive team they were, but boy, West Virginia has become a much better offensive team this year. They are a much better offensive team, and I give them credit for that. That's that's made a big difference for them. And West Virginia has been a team that I think has played better as time has gone. So those are the big, I mean, it's a night of good basketball. I mean, I know, you know, Matt wanted to watch some Hallmark movie. I said, I don't know. I think I'd watch Hoops. Oh, no. No room for that tonight. I'm flipping back and forth between Hoops and Flyers Benz. I worry about you. <laughs> this is a good sports viewing night. This, I have concerns. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.